Welcome back to another MarTech Zone interviews. On today's show, we have Jake Soroffman, president of MetaCX, a new vision for CRM where customers can leverage a single platform across the entire customer journey to establish, measure, and prove the value you're delivering. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. Welcome back, everybody, to Mark Tech Zone interviews. Uh, I have on me all the way from Raleigh. Uh, Jake Soroffman is is uh, I'm speaking to Jake today. Jake is the uh, the new president of Meta CX. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. It's great to uh, great to see you. Yeah, absolutely. And welcome, I should say, welcome to the, uh, I don't even know what you call it, the exact target extended, you know. I think we established that it's the exact target mafia, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, Meta, Meta CX is, is a, is a I, I don't want to say new company because it's years in the making. Yeah, newish um, new um, and new to a lot of people because we've been primarily focused on R&D and really building our platform for the last couple of years. And only been in market in earnest for the last few months. So, uh, that's fantastic. And, yeah. and uh, started by Scott McCorkle, who is, uh, of course, my boss and a master motivator and innovator uh, within when I was working for him at Exact Target. Amazing and then, Amazing yeah, guy. yeah. And uh, always driving and pushing. I, I really love that about him. Uh, I learned so much, you know, from him on, on how to kind of balance, you know, existing tasks, but jump forward with innovation. And then uh, that's a great description of Scott, actually. Yeah. And then Dave Duke, uh, a, a fantastic guy that I worked with there as well, always yeah. managing client expectations well. So no surprise that this is his, uh, he's a co-founder here. Yeah, definitely. It's a really, really good group of people. Um, and everybody has sort of this, this equal, but, you know, complementary and different passion around uh, how this is all coming to life. I think everyone cares about this problem space deeply. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, and I, I would say uh, for people, now people are probably saying, what is it? What is it? Uh, <laughs> but uh, maybe you can, I'll let you do the talking on this. Yeah. What is MetaCX? What was the problem that was identified? You know, and then, and then we can speak to the solution. Yeah, so the problem that we're trying to solve here is really to create better alignment between suppliers and buyers of software and digital products. Based on this notion that from go, there's often misalignment between those that sell software products and those who purchase them. Because, and let's face it, sales teams often make false promises or are promises for things that they can't necessarily measure and prove. And it's not their fault. So I'm not trying to uh, indict salespeople of, of bad behavior. Um, in many cases, it's just how they're trained. So there are value propositions that are that sales teams are enabled around and, and stories that they're trained to tell that don't necessarily comport with reality or what a company can prove. And we found that that just no longer works, particularly as software is becoming, you know, almost exclusively subscription-based. It means it's just so much easier for companies to uh, switch and to make decisions about canceling contracts. And if they're not seeing measurable value or they feel like expectations have been misset, um, they are much more inclined to churn. Of course, churn is a, is a dangerous thing for any company that has a recurring revenue model 
uh, particularly these days. So we're trying to solve that problem once and for all. Uh, of course, there's been a lot of uh, attention given to the role of customer success um, as a way to sort of backstop churn within these companies. And we think that customer success is a very important group and a very important function. But we think how we've traditionally tried to address customer success has been limited. It's been too reactive. Um, we believe that customer success is a company-wide goal, not just a role in the company. And we believe that it starts long before the contract start uh, is signed. So we look at this problem as a full life cycle problem necessarily, which is encompassing of an entire revenue organization. And uh, so everything I just described is, is, is sort of a big and bold vision. Uh, also, you know, requires a bit of change in how you think about um, how you sell, how you deliver, and how you importantly measure and prove the value of the software. I think that's, uh, you're nailing kind of every aspect of, you know, software as a service implementation. You know, when, when I'm working, I, I often see the sales teams are just what you said, sold on the vision or the story, you know, and the vision is, oh, we're going to be automated. We're going to have this unique customer experience. Everything's going to be perfect. Um, but missed, you know, in between the handoff between the the sale <laughs> and the and the customer success team or the customer support team or the implementation team uh, were you know budget constraints or time constraints or system you know issues or whatever and then all of a sudden those compound over time and then and like you said then then you don't renew and you don't yeah. renew not because it was bad software and not because it wasn't a good salesperson you don't renew just because of the expectations weren't weren't met, right? 100%. And we think that that is not sustainable. I've been part of uh, a lot of software companies who have tackled that challenge um, in, you know, in, in sometimes very impressive and effective ways. But I've never been part of a company where it didn't feel uh, tenuous. Like, gee, the way we're doing this feels highly reactive. It feels like we are kick saving deals. It feels like we were uh, exercising heroics and doing unnatural things in order to make uh, customers stick and make customers successful. It just, it, and I think that this, this sort of resonates with anyone who's lived in this world because we haven't fixed the problem yet. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I think the, the stats out there are very clear, especially, you know, just from digital transformation as a whole, I think it's somewhere between 60 and 70% failure rate on, you know, enterprise implementations of, of digital solutions, which, which that's, 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 you're talking probably trillions of dollars, you know, spent in time and contracts and everything else, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a, that's a staggering number. It, it really is. And so let's, I, I'm curious a little bit, you know, obviously the, the, the functionality of MetaCX, you've kind of painted a picture that it's at a, a corporate level. So you understand the overall goals of the organization, but how, you know, how does that work from a platform standpoint? Yeah, there's really three primary use cases. It begins with creating a space where sellers can align with their prospects around a shared definition of values. So to create a mutual success plan early in that relationship that documents 
the outcomes that customers are trying to achieve, and the mutual action plan for getting the deal done. And this creates trust and transparency in the relationship. It creates that initial alignment around those expectations that set up a healthy and productive and profitable relationship. It also sets up the handoff. You mentioned this handoff, that dreaded handoff. It's like all the goodwill and momentum that we create in the sales cycle is lost once the deal is closed. And it goes from what should be a moment of delight to a moment of despair. And we think it should be an elevated moment in the relationship. So the second use case is really about nailing that handoff, ensuring that there's a consistent knowledge transfer, that all the stakeholders that are introduced into the relationship are aware of the promises that have been made to ensure that they're kept, that everybody knows next steps, roles, responsibilities, and importantly, that the customer witnesses this, that they feel remembered and cared for in the same way that Carta tells me that I vested a few options and Gusto t- tells me I got paid. We want to make that a shared celebration. There should be that moment in the relationship where you see that something's been accomplished, not just the handoff, but over time as you're achieving things in this partnership, we want to make that visible. To, to really sort of uh, advertise and merchandise the successes that you're having together and then use it as a way to sort of uh, recount or, um, or, or do a retrospective on those achievements uh, during QBRs and renewal events. And then the final piece is proof of performance. It's the ability to shine light back on the promised outcomes and say whether they've been achieved in a very you know, empirical way. It's not gut feel. It's not vague promises. It's actually looking at data and sharing that with your customer. That's fantastic. And, and what, what kind of, you know, KPIs and metrics, you know, are you able to, you know, provide empirical evidence for? Yeah. So um, the, the metrics that we can impact for our customers begin with win rate. So by creating, you know, better alignment around a shared definition of value, we can positively impact win rate also through creating a structured uh, mutual action plan to build predictability and shared accountability in the sales cycle. That also impacts deal velocity. It can impact average order value uh, because you're attaching to value and and telling a a richer, higher value story. And then importantly, renewal rates and expansion. So renewal, of course, comes from shining light on proof of performance. And then expansion comes from being able to point to the things that are working. Uh, The analogy I like to use, I spent much of my career as a CMO and and as a marketer. And as a marketer, if I see something working, I'm going to double down on it. In fact, you know, if you look at any of the major advertising platforms, that's the premise behind the business model is make it transparent, make the impact transparent and uh, people will write checks. So to the extent that we're able to shine light on what's working for the customer, that actually drives the expansion motion. Oh, that's fantastic. There's, there's also a, you know, it, seems, it feels like to me, you know, I've always been on one side of this wall too, right? I've always been either on the software as a service side or the services side. And, and sometimes we hear uh, what we believe are the most important expectations. You know, maybe it's from the CEO down or, or something, but, but other times we have to remind the client of what they told us was important as yeah. well, yeah. right? Absolutely. That's very, very true. And the other thing that I think is important to note is that um, 
business to business buying decisions are made by multiple stakeholders. I think, uh, was it um, Serious Decisions or CEB said it was uh, 6.2 stakeholders in an average B2B transaction. I think it's grown to something over 10. Um, so there are many people who are influencing the decision and they have, you'd think, related outcomes in mind, but they're slightly different. So um, we provide a way to sort of track and understand outcomes by individuals and the relationships between those outcomes. So you can tell the right story to the right individuals. Um, there's this sort of laddering that needs to happen between how you align to value because the value accrues to individuals. It's like, what's the thing that's going to get me promoted or make me successful by moving the needle for the business? That's, uh, that's great insight. I, I often tell people that um, we, we don't often take the personal uh, growth and personal motivation of the, you know, those key stakeholders, you know, that, you know, okay, if I'm going to implement a new software as a service system, and let's say hands down, it's going to achieve every benefit and everything that we wanted it to. Um, but it's also going to double up my work effort and destroy my son's football season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Yeah. So we, we don't often take those things into consideration at a, at a, at a person level, you know, that, that we have to put people at ease for their personal motivations, not just, you know, not just the corporate ones. So I, I love that. I love that you guys are breaking it down from a corporate level, you know, overall organization level, and then each, you know, independent person or, or, you know, part of that decision-making team. That's, that's fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There are humans involved. We can't forget that. And, and, uh, and do you have some use cases right now? You know, you guys are obvi obvi obviously, you know, really just pushing the launch and everything, but you know, what yeah, can you share yeah. with us to date? So today I believe we have 23 paying customers or something like that. So even during that sort of R&D incubation period, we were acquiring customers. We consider these early customers who are design partners who have really helped us build the product and identify gaps and make it better and more powerful. Um, so we do have a, a bunch of customers that are using it actively today. And the use cases range from B2B SaaS companies that are using it as the basis for how they value sell, how they uh, coordinate the handoff, how they measure improved performance and manage customer success. Uh, we have customers that are using it for early warning detection. So what are the critical events um, that we need to track? You know, the example I always use is uh, every mature, sophisticated B2B SaaS company is going to understand the critical events that they need their customers to be activating uh, to make the right things happen for the business. Uh, so like Dropbox, I'm making this up. I don't know that this is the case, but let's just say it's upload a document, add a new user, return within seven days, something like that. Those right. are the three things you want them to do. Well, you want to track that. You want to understand whether that's happening and tell people if it isn't so they can intervene. They also want to track outcome achievement. So we've aligned around these outcomes. Tell me whether or not we're on track to achieve that outcome for the customer. And then finally, there's often relationship signals that you just want to be aware of, like good and bad things happening in the relationship because MetaCX is at its foundation a complex event processing engine, data integration layer. We can instrument any endpoint and bring in those signals from all of these different systems. So 
someone downloaded a document, is that maybe that signals something negative? You want to know about that. Or right. your stakeholder has left the company. You want to know about that. That could be a churn risk. All that gets rolled up. The last example that I'll give you is we have um, customers outside of B2B SaaS. Um, we see this pattern as sort of IoT, Internet of Things. Um, and in this case, it's a industrial manufacturing company who is using MetaCX to roll up and share back performance data and efficiency data with its customers because it's delivering its solutions as a managed service and it has SLAs associated with that. So it just gives you a way to really both differentiate the customer experience, but also consistently show proof of performance in that relationship. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, now I'm I'm curious, you know, from a cultural standpoint with these organizations, um, you know, the, l- let's face it, right? We we've all bought the software that didn't work the way they <laughs> the way yeah. that they promised, and and a lot of times that was, hey, that that person was spiffed to get the sale. That's it, you yeah. know. And then the problem wasn't there anymore. They threw it across the fence, and 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 that was it. And and it seems like culturally this is really good from an organizational standpoint to make sure that those kinds of disconnects and that motivation doesn't happen, right? Yeah, there's sort of a, you know, that handoff that we talked about, there's sometimes what feels like a collective memory loss in the organization. It's like no one really recalls, as you said, sometimes you have to remind customers what they signed up for. Uh, Sometimes they're reminding you. In fact, I think it's more frequently that they're reminding you. It's like you may have forgotten, but they didn't. Yeah. (laughs) So so ensuring that that's all documented and and tracked and and there's a mechanism for ensuring that you can be accountable to it, I think is is critically important. Uh, And and are you seeing, you know, from a from people utilizing this, from utilizing MetaCX to improve these relationships? I'm curious that a lot of times really heavy discovery start after the sale. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like this is one of those situations where organizations have to get some commitment internal uh, from both the client and from the vendor to do some pre-discovery before the sale kind of thing too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's a really good point is bringing that process upstream. Um, success planning often happens after the deal is done, right? What you're describing, we think that, and and I think more progressive companies recognize it as a a best practice, is that needs to be brought way forward in in the relationship. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. We've, we we have had a couple of enterprise clients where we've actually had, had them budget out, you know, discovery. And it's amazing how successful those are, right? And it's because, it's because we, we basically went into it. You know, it's like seeing a doctor. You wouldn't, you wouldn't call the doctor up and say, I have a pain in my stomach. How much is it going to cost to fix and where do I sign? Right. You, you know, it's it, the doctor first has to do, you know, all of the work to, you know, she's got to take and, and look at you, maybe even open you up, everything else to figure out what's wrong and then, you know, sign and, and fix the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, well, where can people go for more information and to, to request a demo, Jake? Yeah, so metacx.com is a great place to start. Um, and um, yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to, anybody's interested, we'd love to uh, show you what we're doing. We think it's pretty, pretty unique and pretty powerful. 
Yeah. And it sounds like any, any company, you know, even, you know, if it's a performance-based kind of company, software as a sales obviously is one of those just out of the box, but you mentioned IoT where, you know, there are some productivity stats on an ongoing basis. Um, what, what kind of target, you know, audience are you guys looking to attract there? Yeah. So it's, it's really a combination of B2B SaaS companies is one segment. And then the other segment is anyone with a product that is digital. So it, it produces data, it can be instrumented, and there's an expectation of measurability. So this could be, like I mentioned the example of a SLA uh, as the basis for a managed service relationship. It could be a digital media platform where there's the expectation for proof of attribution. What impact are you having on my business? That's just baked into the, into the contract with the customer, so to yeah. speak. Um, so any company that feels that they need to create better alignment with their customer around proof of value, proof of performance, on our website, you see that you know, our tagline is, is sort of sell on value, renew on proof. That's exactly what we do. Create alignment around that shared definition of value and then provide a way to measure that it's been achieved. That's and fantastic. That, that's a pretty wide, um, wide charter that applies to a lot of different types of companies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's growing every day now that, you know, even traditional companies have to get, you know, digital metrics in place and everything. So absolutely, fantastic. Well, Jake, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Uh, uh, we will have in our show notes, obviously, how to get to metacx.com. And, uh, and, and if you're interested, I would urge you to request a demo. Um, I have no doubt of the team here. So, you know, not, not having seen the product myself, uh, I know Scott and I know David, and I know your background is absolutely incredible as well. CMO and a software service worked for Gardner, uh, you know, and so uh, obviously they brought the right people to the table, you know, to, to build the solution. So thanks for, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Doug. Really appreciate it. It's great to, great to connect. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.